Can't let her go. I'm waiting for the one line there, Duke, with a, quite a fitting song for our, our next guest as uh, we check in with the uh, Puck Report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Right now during the Road Ready sales event, you can save up to $225 on select tires and a bonus of 50 bucks off any service until December the 16th. Book your appointment at FountainTire.com. Some restrictions do apply as we welcome in Perry Pern uh, to the program. Good morning, Perry. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for uh, coming on. Before we get to your next endeavor, heading off to uh, Japan to coach over there, uh, were you able to take in last night's game or just did you watch it on TV? Uh, I watched it on TV. Um, uh, So I I, I don't think I get the full effect of the environment, but Mm -hmm. it looked like a fantastic uh, event. It really was, Perry. I, I was lucky enough to sit in the stands at about uh, seven or eight rows up. Just uh, had a wonderful evening. Uh, the atmosphere, you couldn't beat it. And, of course, when the home team wins, uh, you know, that's all That's all that matters really for the fans. So uh, we, we see up in the press box, Perry, at pretty well every uh, Oilers game. Can you just kind of discuss that, how you, you stay connected and what you're, what you're doing up there, what you're watching, and kind of how you want to stay involved, I guess, uh, at the level that you're at uh, when you come to the games here in Edmonton? Well, uh, certainly one of the things I'm looking at is to see, you know, what kind of innovations, you know, have, have uh, evolved in the league because it's a league that, uh, you know, things evolve very quickly and uh, certainly interesting in, in, in watching, you know, what's happening with special teams. And, and obviously, you know, you get a chance to see the Oiler power play. Um, I think, you know, provides two things. First of all, it, it provides, you know, some insight into what they're doing. And, uh, but more importantly, like watching how other teams try to defend that, I think is, uh, is helpful to somebody like me. Um, and, and I, again, I think it keeps me connected to the league a little bit in terms of, uh, exactly what, uh, people are trying to do against the top, uh, special teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Perry Pern is our guest in the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Perry, with a, a lengthy uh, resume when you're talking being an assistant coach in the NHL, well over uh, uh, two decades with a handful of teams. Before you got to the NHL, though, Perry, you're probably most well-known in these parts for coaching the Nate Ooks. And, I mean, it was a powerhouse program uh, in the 80s. Uh, you had remarkable teams, remarkable players. Can you touch on w- why and how you had all that success uh, back in the day in the ACAC? Well, I think, uh, you know, first of all, like you you've highlighted it by saying, you know, we had great players and, uh, you know, you're never any good unless you, ha- unless you get some great players. And we certainly had, you know, not only good athletes, but really good people. And, um, you know, that was, you know, a key to it. But I think, um, you know, as we started to get good people, we also, you know, built a reputation. And I think players decided that, you know, Nate was a good place to play. And certainly I think the other thing that comes out of it is, uh, you know, now with hindsight, a number of those guys that played for me have become very, very, very successful in business. And, you know, that's one of the things about Nate that I think is, is you know, um, makes it much easier to recruit is the fact that you can point out to, to people that the careers that you're going to come away with um, can be, you know, very, very successful, you know, much the same as people, you know, headed off to universities. So I, I think we were able to keep up 
you know, recruiting wise with, you know, a lot of the, the top U sport teams. And as a result, you know, we, we had, you know, very competitive teams. And you used to uh, play the Golden Bears in some games as well as we were speaking with Perry Pern. Can you kind of touch on that in the sense that, you know, the Bears always had a great program and then you guys gave them all they could handle and then some? Well, I think there was a, you know, a period of time, um, you know, like in the, in the mid-80s where, um, you know, we were being, you know, very, very successful in, in uh, college hockey, uh, Canadian Colleges Athletic Association, um, and the Bears were still dominating as, as they have done for a long, long time in youth sport. And uh, some, some people decided that it would be a good idea if the top two teams in the country from, from each, uh, each level you know, got together and, and played some games and uh, did a terrific job of putting it together. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, in the old building, I think we had 13,500 <laughs> for the, the first one, and it was a great game. It was a 5-4 game for the Bears, and then we came back the next year and won 7-5. So um, in that period, like, um, you know, both schools were, were very, very strong. And um, it was hard to keep the momentum of mm-hmm. that uh, face-off game. But uh, certainly, I, I think we set a tone for college hockey, um, you know, during that time. Perry Perrins, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. So, Perry, after you um, your, your college, I guess, coaching career, at Nate, uh, you went on to Medicine Hat, and then after that, you got your first taste of the NHL. How did that kind of transpire for you to make that jump uh, to start things off in Winnipeg in the mid-'90s? Well, um, like I certainly think it had you know something to do with me coaching in Medicine Hat. I think that exposed me at, a, at another level. Um, but I, I, I think that along the way, I've been able to be part of the um, Hockey Canada program with the under-18 team and had, had three stints with the, the World Junior team, and, and you know, those have turned out to be successful. So, so I, think, I think that played a role as well. But uh, uh, during my stint in Medicine Hat, uh, we played Red Deer uh, and uh, Terry Simpson's brother, was the GM of Red Deer, and we were very successful against them over the course of the season. And I believe his brother must have said something to Terry because, mm-hmm. you know, my first opportunity was in Winnipeg with Terry. And, uh, you know, he's the guy that reached out to me and uh, asked if I was interested. And, and you know, you know, the rest is history. I got the opportunity in Winnipeg. Perry Perns with us on Sports 1440. Um, after Winnipeg, then you go to, to Ottawa uh, for quite a long time. Can you just kind of uh, touch on your time that you spent with the Senators over that? Uh, you know, you had some pretty good, successful teams there. Well, we, we did. Like, you know, got there at the, the right time. You know, uh, we had a, a lot of good, you know, early picks um, that, you know, developed into real good players and, and consequently when you have like I said when you have real good players you have a chance to to be quite successful um, you know and again you know the opportunity to move to Ottawa came because of some work I'd done with Jacques Martin mm-hmm. um, with the under 18 national team and uh, um, he had actually approached me I think in 1985 when he took over or, or maybe it was a little bit later might have been 86 um, he had taken over in St. Louis as the head coach, 
and approached me about going there, and I just didn't feel it was the right time to leave Edmonton, um, and so I didn't go, but um, happily he circled back around, and um, the success, I think, that we had in Ottawa certainly led to the fact that I had some longevity in the NHL. And what was it like, Perry, when you went from Ottawa to the New York Rangers? I mean, you're in the Big Apple. It's a big-time operation there. Well, it, it certainly was. And, uh, you know, um, a guy I give a lot of credit to would be Glenn Sather in terms of, uh, you know, um, how uh, how he set up the New York Rangers, you know, as a first-class organization, I think, um, you know, everybody there was treated extremely well. And um, it's it's funny, New York is, uh, you know, is, is a sports town. But, um, you know, you get three or four blocks away from Madison Square Gardens after a game, and nobody knows you. <laughs> but, you know, as you, as you get, you know, into that area right around the gardens, everybody knows you. Yeah. And uh, um, I think that the New York Rangers are diehard fans. They're, they're great fans. And the atmosphere in that building has always been tremendous if you're being successful and winning. Perry Perns with us on Sports 1440. So um, after the Rangers, Perry, you go to Montreal. So you kind of go from, you know, the Big Apple to the Mecca of hockey in Canada. What was that experience like? Uh, you spent three years with the Canadians uh, from 09 to 12. What was that like for you? Well, again, you know, I like a, a really, really good experience in a lot of ways. Uh, again, we had, you know, we had some success my first year there. We went to the Eastern Final and uh, and lost out to Philly. Um but um, you know, had a you know a so-so regular season, finishing eighth. But we're able to beat the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Capitals in in two seven-game series. So you know, playing in Montreal in that kind of atmosphere was you know just an incredible experience. Um, but there's a couple of things that happened while I was there that you know. Anytime anybody asks me about Montreal, I always bring up, first of all, uh, there was a picture taken with, uh, I, I, it was an anniversary, I, I forget the anniversary of the mm-hmm. Montreal Canadiens, but they had all the old Montreal Canadiens there, and and the, the present Montreal Canadiens sat in the picture. Um, I, I think there was over 200 people in the picture. It was an, an incredible thing to be part of. Um, and then the other thing was John Belleville used to sit right behind our bench. And uh, uh, one day when I'm walking out to the bench, Jean was walking right beside me, put his arm around me and, uh, you know, told me, Coach, you're doing a great job here. And, uh, like, <clears throat> the reason that sticks with me is because of, of my dad and, uh, you know, sitting home in Alberta watching Hockey Night in Canada, um, you know, like, if my dad had been able to see that, it would have been, you know, quite a um, an experience for him. I think he would have enjoyed it even more than I did. So, um, you know, when you're there, um, being part of those kinds of things is just, you know, uh, very, very special. What what a thrill that must have been with, uh, you know, just with John Beliveau there. No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I was able to, you know, sit around tables at, at other functions, you know, with Henri mm-hmm. Richard, uh, uh, Lambert, like uh, oh. I, I never, never got to sit with Guy Lafer, but um, you know, around Larry uh, Robinson, oh, um, you know, 
And then uh, at the time I was there, Bob Ganey, when I first mm-hmm. went there, Bob Ganey was the uh, was the GM. In fact, uh, you know, I, uh, my interview with the Canadians was with Bob, and so um, it was during the draft, and, and the draft was in Montreal. So Bob asked me to meet him at his place, so I'm all dressed up, <laughs> <laughs> trying to make an impression. Uh-huh. I go to Bob's place, and... I, he comes down, he's in a track suit. He said, let's go for a walk. <laughs> and so we were walking around Montreal in late June and it was about 32 degrees and really high humidity. And I remember getting back to the hotel room, even my tie was wet. So. <laughs> That's a great story for sure. We're with uh, Perry Pern on Sports uh, 1440. Just one last one about your career, I guess, as an assistant coach in the NHL because you wrapped it up there in Vancouver where uh, current Oilers uh, assistant coach Glenn Gullitson was also on the staff. What was it kind of like working uh, with Glenn and you were under Willie Desjardins there? Well, uh, Glenn's a tremendous coach and, you know, we we hit it off. Like, I, I think we're good friends and, uh, you know, Glenn, I, uh, you know, um, you know, went on to, to be the head coach in Calgary and I certainly think he's uh, he's a great candidate for for any head coaching job. But, um, you know, I think we shared some things there. I, I think, um, you know, I probably, you know, shared a few ideas with Glenn that he hadn't thought about before, and certainly I learned a lot from him. Um, and, you know, we collaborated on a lot of things. Uh, if I was working on power play, you know, he shared information on power play. If he was working on penalty kill, we sat and talked about penalty kill. Um, and, um, in that first year in Vancouver, we were relatively successful. We, mm-hmm. I think we ended up with 104 points and we're a playoff team. And, uh, you know, the, the other part about that, um, you know, that situation was uh, Glenn also kind of introduced me to, you know, how to deal with the, the Sedin twins. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that was another one of the, the great experiences for me. Uh, coaching in the NHL is to to work with you know players like the Sedins, not only what they are on the ice but what they are off the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it was a you know a really good experience, and you know that friendship remains as uh, you know Glenn coaches here in Edmonton. Harry Perns, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty. Um, what was your experience like working with the women's national team, Perry? Well, again, you know, a different experience, uh, you know, uh, another unique experience in a lot of ways. Um, You know, tremendous athletes, uh, you know, who were, you know, very, very committed. Um, um, And I think uh, certainly like we're when I when I joined the team, you know, had had experienced some very very tough losses in some some you know big situations to the U.S. and so um, I I certainly felt that you know you can't keep doing the same thing and think mm-hmm. you're going to win. So um, I think one of the challenges there was to try and change the mindset, and uh, that's uh, what I went into that experience with. And you know, unfortunately, the first World Championship we went to. Uh, was in Finland, and uh, um, it might have been the best team Finland ever had uh, at the World Championship, and we wound up losing to them in the semifinal in a game where we outshot them, I think, 
54 to 17 and, and wound up losing 4-2 with an empty net goal. So, um, you know, we never got a chance to play the U.S. that year, and I, I thought we were ready to beat them that year. Um, but, um, you know, credit to Finland for the, for the game they played, but also, um, you know, I thought in that world championship, Finland was robbed of the gold medal. Hmm. They went into overtime with the U.S. and scored a goal that, that wound up being disallowed and, and then wound up losing in a shootout. So um, a very unique experience. Um, I went to the Olympics in 2018 in Pyeongchang, which was incredible. And, and again, uh, you know, a great game that went uh, overtime and then to a shootout with mm. the U.S. And, a, and a, again, another tough loss. Oof. But, uh, um, you know, it... Um, you know, those kind of losses, like I found them to be even more emotional than the losses you'd have in the NHL because as I looked around the room, I have two daughters. Like, I couldn't help but think of my daughters and if they were in that situation, what they would be like. And, uh, you know, uh, very, very emotional. Oh, for sure. Um, Perry Perns, our guest on Sports 1440, which leads us to now this next uh, little uh, adventure in your life uh, in on Thursday I believe you said you're off to Japan uh, how did this opportunity come about and what team are you coaching over there and just kind of run us down what's uh, what's going to happen for this next stage of your life here well I'm the, the head coach of the Japanese men's program and uh, <clears throat> so that entails coaching their under 20 team um, and um, the senior men's team. Um, last year, it also involved coaching uh, their World University Games team, and because that's uh, you know like the Olympics, it doesn't happen every year. There's that won't happen this year. Um, but the the opportunity actually came. You know, um, you know, if we go back to Nate, um, mm-hmm. a young man I recruited to Nate, Rick Carrier, uh, who. You know, went on to play for the Bears, and uh, you know, got a degree in education, post diploma, or a, a degree in phys ed, I think, post diploma in education. Um, uh, returned to Nate as an assistant coach with me, um, and then through my connections with Dave King and the national team program in the in the early '90s, um, wound up you know, being recommended by me to Dave to interview with uh, Cebu in Japan, mm-hmm. and he wound up going to Japan to coach. Long story short, um, Japan has struggled, um, you know, in the, in the mid-2015s, uh, uh, 16s. So they reached out, uh, the, the former general manager of Cebu reached out to Rick to go back to coach mm-hmm. Japan. So Rick coached kind of through the pandemic and uh, he brought Japan to uh, Canada for a a camp uh, two summers ago, asked me to run the camp for him um, during the summer. And um, while we were running that camp, uh, Rick moved into a full-time position at Vimy Academy as a teacher and decided that, you know, that was, you know, a better career step for him. And at the end of the summer, recommended me to Japan, mm. and I wound up accepting the job. And uh, uh-huh. so last year was my first year with him. Yeah. And, uh, 
um, now back for the second year. So uh, we're with Perry Pern. How would you how would you describe the state of hockey in Japan? Well, like <clears throat> there's not a lot of players, you know, like especially if you think of it relative to Canada, the United mm-hmm. States. Um, but I think um, the players they have are very dedicated. Uh, their development system is high school hockey into university hockey, and then uh, you know the top players <clears throat> from the university league wind up playing in uh, the Asian league. Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly, I think um, you know there's a, a, a real connection uh, through the players to. Um, you know, the heritage of hockey in, in Japan. There's a lot of players that I'm working with whose fathers or grandfathers <laughs> played for Japan. Wow. And so there, it, there's a special feeling for anybody who, who gets to represent the country, yeah. that's, that's for sure. Um, and, you know, I, th- I think that right now, um, you know, the state of hockey in Japan has moved into a much better place. Our under-18 team is in Division 1A at the, in the World Championships. Mm-hmm. That's the group that's right below the, the group that Canada plays in. The under-20 team moved up from um, Division 1B last year by winning that World Championship that will be in Division 1A this year. And the senior team also won Division One B last year, and so we'll move up into Division One A this year. Well, you so, know, yeah, I mean, it's all about growing the game, isn't it? Well, you, you hope it is, and I, you know, I think the one thing that uh, you know I've tried to focus on being there is I don't work with a lot of coaches, but I've tried to reach out and make sure that when we do camps, we mm-hmm. try to invite other coaches to be there, but the two coaches I work with um, are my assistant coaches. Um, I work really closely with them in terms of what we do in practice. And when we go to the board, we never do anything in English. We all, we, we present everything in Japanese. And, you know, I think through that process, I think I, hopefully I'm helping make them better coaches. And, and I think also in the process, hopefully, giving them tools that they will share with other coaches because they're the coaches who run coaching clinics in Japan mm-hmm. for other coaches. And so, you know, I, I know that, you know, some of the things that we've brought to the table are are fresh and new to, to Japan now. And so I think if they incorporate some mm-hmm. of those things, it, it does, I think, give them an opportunity yeah. to be a little bit stronger. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Perry, we could talk about this uh, for, for hours. I appreciate your time. We went way longer than normal. Uh, uh, just a text coming in uh, to one 1440 uh, Mr. Pern was my favorite hockey school coach that comes from the Pillman. So uh, you, you've done yeoman's work uh, for hockey camps and uh, coaching clinics and things like that, Perry, in Edmonton. Uh, thanks for doing this today and have fun on your uh, this next uh, season in Japan. Appreciate your time today. Okay, well, thanks very much, Kevin. All right. That's uh, Perry Pern for our puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. You can head to FountainTire.com to check out the winter lineup and uh, keep in mind about the seasonal tire storage once you get your winter tires put on. Uh, 
man, he's coached for that. That's a career coach. That's what, what when you talk about a guy like Perry Pern, that is a career coach. Uh, when we come back uh, at nine forty, we will check in with Brendan Jensen from the Nate Ooks Women's Hockey Program. Perry uh, basically built the men's program for so many years, and also uh, Dave Burkett from the uh, Detroit Free Press coming up at ten twenty to check in for the Monday Night Football team. Uh, stay with us. Uh, the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty returns right after the break. All right, welcome back to the big program. Coming up to 9.30 uh, in the Capital Region. Uh, didn't we see what it was going to be like last week on Halloween Day, Duke? Plus six tomorrow, baby. All the kids out there. Uh, I'm going to post a picture uh, later today so people can kind of get a good look at it. Uh, about 20 years ago, I dressed up as Jason Greger for Halloween. And, uh, of course, Greger said... Well, you know, imitation, you know, it's the biggest form of flattery and, you know, it's the best looking, best look that Kerry's ever looked. You know, he was a handsome man, blah, blah, blah. So when you see the, well, so I had to get one of the skull caps, Duke, right? But I mean, back in the day, I, maybe just the way the uh, quality of this cap was, but I mean, it, and it was hot in the bar. I mean, obviously, we, I think we were probably at overtime. We were probably at, uh, I don't know if we were on the rocks. Dr. Wang's in the picture too, so he'll be in that. But um, the the cat, it was so hot in there. It was just like, I mean, it kind of went transparent, so it wasn't a good look. But I had, you know, I had the glasses and I, fu- I taped some microphone together. So uh, text coming into one 401 1440 Brent says uh, the hard hats look way better when they wear a toque with their suit. Uh, that's uh, talking about the Oilers' uh, pre-game um, outfits yesterday. Enjoy the show. That comes uh, from Brent. iMac wants to know, anybody ask what Rasmus did for the game yesterday? Uh, Andrew, I'm going to paraphrase this a little bit, Andrew. Uh, he, was, he thought that uh, Evander Kane could have immediately said that he didn't touch the puck on the DeHarnay goal. I don't know. It's kind of one of those... What do you think? I mean, I, I, I get what he's kind of getting at here, Duke, but uh, sometimes you just have to let these things play out, and I don't know. Do you do you think it's a big deal? No, I I, 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 I get where Andrew's coming yeah. from because he's basically saying, like, DeHarnay's first goal, Kane should have known he didn't touch it. You can watch that replay it's back. Tough. And, and And Andrew says, like, you know when you don't touch the puck. I think that is true most of the time, whether you're playing minor hockey, beer league hockey, or in the NHL. You can usually tell if you get a piece, but sometimes you really don't. And, and maybe the circumstance and you're outdoors and you're, you're, the feel isn't the same. My, yeah, I, I think realistically that it was not intentional. Like Evander Kane didn't try and steal Vincent DeHarnay's no, moment for no, his no. first NHL goal. It was, oh, wow. I think because like when you watch that replay, you have to really check it out from the right angles in slow motion to see that it did not touch Evander Kane. Um, and like I said, normally you can tell if you get a piece of it, but even just a glancing blow off the bottom of your stick, the way that bounced, it was it coming was, down off of the glove of the defender in front, um, ahead of Kane, but still, like, I, Andrew, I think uh, overreacting is how uh, Andrew started this. He said, I may be overreacting. Yeah. I kind of think you're right in telling yourself that because I think this is a nothing burger. It's again, I, I think it's because it's the first goal of his career in the NHL. But I, I, I think the circumstance when you're outside, um, the feels different. Uh, you know, it wasn't like it was a straight up, you know, in front by yourself in front and the puck was bouncing like crazy. I mean, you saw it go in and it looked like it was a like a rubber ball going into the net. So, um, 
doesn't matter. I mean, we got the goal. It's uh, exciting for Vinny DeHarnay, his first NHL goal. Uh, played uh, a good game last night. Uh, was uh, physical. Uh, you know, if that's the last goal he scores in the NHL, uh, that's just fine because he's going to have a wonderful career being a defensive defenseman. Um, add some more grit to the game. Be tougher to play against in front of the net. Uh, you'll create more space for yourself. You'll get guys that won't want to go to those dirty areas because if you can kind of be a bit of a, you know, like a hatchet guy without taking penalties, uh, be tougher in that uh, in the blue paint. Uh, he's he's going to make a, a good career for himself uh, in the NHL. Again, the big thing last night, four even strength goals, two in the third period. They came in with just one third period goal, the Oilers, uh, on the season. And when we were touching on it off the top of the show, uh, you know, they had opportunities. Calgary had two or three opportunities where they got back in the game. The Flames got back in the game when they made it 3-2. The Oilers found a way to snuff out that momentum, get it back as quickly as possible, and move forward to try to put a little more heat on Calgary at certain points of the game, especially in the third period, the big goal to go up 4-2, and then, of course, the empty netter at uh, 5-2. Uh Game three of the World Series tonight, Duke. It's going to be uh, Brandon Fott and Max Scherzer. What did you make of game number two in the sense of, man, the bats were just pumping for for the D-backs. They came out and just ripped the cover off the ball. And then, not only that, but manufactured runs. They scored runs the way they have been scoring runs all year. Uh, I can only bode well. I mean, this is now a best of five little momentum going home here. Um, you took Texas, correct? Uh, in the series, yeah. yes. But okay. I did say I wanted to be lengthy and get both <laughs> teams in the mix. So I was happy to see them take the split in Texas. And they always say you're not in trouble until you lose a game uh, at home, which mm-hmm. the D-backs, of course, returning to Chase Field now for a pair. Uh, I, I, what I, I think you made a good point there in saying that the, the D-backs able to manufacture nine runs with only one of them being... Uh, a home yes. run, and it was a solo shot by Gabby Moreno. So when you have eight other runs accounted for by, you know, smacking the ball around in different ways, that's always a good sign. Um, I think the big storyline tonight is going to be Max Scherzer. He's already been back for a couple games, but it's like now in the World Series, can he show what... He looks what, off, though, doesn't he? He's, he hasn't looked like the same guy all yeah. year, let's let's be honest. So that's going to be a big one, but, um, but yeah, the... Uh, the momentum to be able, and I know some people debate about what momentum really means in pro sports, and it's maybe good for between games, but once the first the the first tip off, the first pitch, the puck's down, it pretty much negates. Mm-hmm. After what Texas did on Friday night with Garcia, another uh, the walk off home run in in such dramatic fashion, Arizona bouncing back the next night, that was awesome to see. And, and like I said, I want to see a long series. I'd love to see this go six or seven, and we're off to a great start. So they far. could very easily be up to nothing right very now. Very easily. Very easily. I mean. Uh, Paul Seawald has been dynamite JJ uh, as far as closing games out. Gives up the two-run home run in the bottom of the ninth inning on uh, game number one. And then, as you mentioned, Duke, uh, the Adolis Garcia, ding-dong, to uh, win it in the uh, extra innings. Uh, When we come back, we will talk a little more hockey. We sort of ran the gamut with uh, Nate Ooks today. So Perry Pern, of course, coached the Ooks men's program for many years in the 80s. What a successful program. They they were a force. They were as good as any university team in the country uh, for a couple of years there. Uh, we will check in with uh, Brendan Jensen, uh, Nate Ook's women's hockey coach, uh, when we come back after the break on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right. 
right, welcome back to the big program. Time to go in the community for United Sport and Cycle, a fourth generation family owned and operated business in the heart of Old Strathcona. United Cycle has been supporting hockey and our community for over 95 years. Uh, man, oh man, what a store that is uh, as we welcome in uh, Brandon Jensen, the Nate Ooks women's hockey head coach. Uh, Brandon, welcome back to the big program. How are you today? I'm doing well, Kevin. I'm doing well. Thanks. Thanks uh, for having me again. And uh, man, your team is really, really rolling. Uh, what's been the, the secrets to your success in the last few weeks? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, the first week of the season, our, our offense wasn't really clicking and we've really kind of dialed it in as of late against our, our other conference opponents here in the ACAC. It's been it's been really nice to see our, our top lines really been clicking kind of on all cylinders here to start the year. So uh, you lost the first game of the season, but since then have run off what six, seven in a row, seven in a row. Yeah, after after Saturday night at home, it's it's seven in a row now. Wow. Um, and defensively, uh, you're not giving up a whole lot defensively. Uh, can you touch on what uh, the the key parts of that uh, part of your game has been? Yeah, I think I mean both goaltenders um, that we have have been really strong. Um, Aurora Van Warmer. Was the first year with us, but she's an NCAA transfer. Has uh, four shutouts here to start the year, um, so not a lot of pucks are getting by here. And then our fifth-year goalie, uh, who's really rewriting uh, all of our Ooks records and, and now some ACAC records, has been strong in both first showings this year too. What about uh, your systems? Uh, as we speak with Brendan Jansen, Nate Ooks, women's hockey coach. Kind of, do you when you're a, when you're a head coach, do you kind of go, okay, this is what we're going to play, uh, and the players are going to adapt to it, or do you implement a system that adapts to the players? Um, yeah, that's a great question, Kevin. I, I think obviously uh, it, it means nothing if your team, especially at our level, uh, um, isn't able to execute it. So, I mean, these last eight or nine weeks since we started the year and and the ladies started school, it's it's really been, you know, concepts and habits focused, uh, as well as slowly introducing and trying to intertwine them with with our own team tactics to, to be able to execute. Um, I'm not sure if you heard uh, earlier in the in the program here, uh, Brandon, but we had Perry Pern on uh, on the nine o'clock hour, and of course Perry coached at Nate for many years and built the the men's hockey program, you know, in the in the mid '80s uh, to well, was one of the best uh, programs in the country. It was the best. It was rivaling uh, university programs. That's how good the team was. But can you speak to what it's like to be a part of the history and the tradition uh, and the not just you know the, the women's hockey program, the men's hockey program uh the tradition at nate what's it like for you to be a part of it yeah no it, it's pretty incredible um to be honest and i, I played on, on the men's side in two different st- stints so four years mm-hmm. so i'm a i'm a men's alum too um but yeah it's it's a pretty rich history on both sides uh the men's side having 14 or 15 um acac championships as well as i think it's four um ccaa championships when it was still uh, a national sport here at our level and, the, and then the women's side yeah it has a really rich um history of excellence here over the last 24 years going into our 25th anniversary ne- next year but um three ACAC championships and then uh, about eight or nine silver medals and and the same uh with bronze medals there so both programs are really strong and it's mm-hmm. something that 
uh, I hold near and dear to my my heart and, and try to keep that tradition going. Mm-hmm. Brendan Johnson, Naduke's women's hockey head coach, is our guest on Sports 1440. Can you discuss the makeup of your team a little bit more uh, as far as uh, you bringing in some younger players, recruiting, and then the balance uh, with your veteran players? Yeah, um, we have seven um, new players to the roster this year. So whether they're um, transfers, which a couple of them are, um, or they're straight out of um, U18 um, AAA hockey. Most of them are, are from the four uh, Western provinces mm-hmm. um, throughout our whole roster. And then with that, we have 19 veteran players. So we're one of the more uh, veteran lineups um, or veteran and established lineups that have competed uh, collegiately in the ACAC. So having that balance, especially um, that student-athlete balance of having the, the veterans um, be able to take some of the first years under their wing and kind of show them the ropes, not only athletically what we do um, with our Hooks Women's Hockey program, but also that student-athlete life experience and, and navigating that is definitely huge and, and will bow dividends here in future years to come. Brendan Jensen's our guest on Sports 1440, head coach of the Nate Ooks women's hockey team. How do you go about recruiting, uh, Brendan? What do you do in the off season? Um, where do you get your players from? Yeah, uh, Kevin, that's a great question. So uh, most of our recruiting uh, is done predominantly um, in season. So just like um, it would be a, a program down in the States um, or, or any of the, the junior programs that have scouts. So it, it really... Uh, falls on myself and our staff to go out to, to certain tournaments um, throughout the course of the year. Uh, the big one at the start of the year is, is the Calgary Firestarter, um, which was held on the, the 15th and 16th and 17th weekend of September there, um, even even though most of the U18 teams are carrying a little bit larger roster sizes. But that's the first glance that we get at, at looking at the ladies that we would want to bring into our program there. And then throughout the course of the year, um, we're watching – you know, a lot of video or keeping tabs on some and then um, bringing some out for recruiting visits. And then the next one here is coming up in December. It's the Mandy Schwartz um, mm-hmm. tournament at, at Notre Dame there in uh, Milestone and Wilcox that, that we'll attend. And then I'm usually popping into uh, rinks when we're, when we're not playing. So usually those are Sundays or, or Saturdays, depending on uh, when our game times are there, um, just to catch a few more games live and in person, either myself or my staff. So. Brendan Jensen with us on Sports 1440. That Mandy Schwartz tournament in uh, Notre Dame, can you kind of describe what that uh, is all about, uh, a little bit of the history on that? Yeah, um, that, that tournament um, is something really special, and I mean something that over the course of my four years here is, as being part of the women's program that we've been been able to attend. Um, so that's um, for most of the people that know Jaden Schwartz's his sister there um, who passed away um, from, from cancer. Um, and it's a memorial tar- tournament for her. It's an invitational-only tournament that uh, the Notre Dame uh, U18 female team puts on, and they invite, I believe it's the top 16 teams, usually in Western Canada, or, or sometimes they dip into Ontario to, um, to come compete there the first weekend in December, and, and it's really a big showcase. There's usually, you know, 50 or 60 Division One schools there scouting. Um, as well as all the programs from Western Canada um, across U-Sport, ACAC level, um, and even some from, from the OUA and, and out, mm-hmm. out east that are able to attend. So a big weekend um, for the ladies at the U18 level to showcase themselves and also a really cool tournament and event that Notre Dame puts on there. It's a great place for hockey, isn't it? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it really is. It's a really special place with, I mean, you, you talk about a lot of history here with the Ooks and, and mm-hmm. at Nate itself um, and, and our athletic department, but uh, out there too, they really have a rich history as well. And uh, former Oiler Ethan Morrow is uh, heavily involved with the program at uh, Wilcox now. So Brendan Jansen from the Nate Ooks women's hockey team is our guest on Sports 1440. Uh, I, I'm not sure if you remember, I gave you a little homework assignment about uh, Taylor Premack last we talked. Did you get to talk to Taylor about her uh, bloodlines, I guess? Yes, 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 I did. I don't, I don't think there, that she knows of any, any relation oh, there, but okay. you never know. Maybe a long, a long lost cousin or, or something there. <laughs> it was uh, Garth Premack who played uh, well, back in the 80s. He played at the U of A. He was at Red Deer College and things like that. So I've just, you know, when, when you're looking down the roster and checking out names and something rings a bell, you kind of have to follow it up. Uh, so, Brendan, can you uh, describe the... Um, I guess the growth of women's hockey, uh, I think I probably asked you the same question similar uh, when we spoke a few weeks ago, but just to our listeners, can you kind of discuss where the game is going on the women's level? We've got some more, uh, you know, uh, know, in Edmonton with the the, the Female Hockey Alliance and things like that, but is it continuing to grow in your eyes? Oh, yes. Yeah, without a doubt. um, This is one of the fastest growing sports, you know, that uh, in North America, um, whether it's, you know. Ooh, I think we just lost Brendan Jensen. Are we going to try to get him back, Duke, or not? Yeah, we'll give you a call, Brendan. I think we just just lost the, the connection for a moment. Uh, Nate Ook's hockey, women's hockey team, off to a fabulous start after losing the first game of the season in overtime to Sate. The women's hockey team has rattled off seven consecutive wins, and in those seven wins have given up only three goals. Very impressive. Three goals, um, one, two, three, four shutouts as well. So the Nate women's program is off to a a fabulous start. Uh, Have we got you back, Brandon? Yeah, I think so. Perfect. Um, uh, So just you were discussing about the growth and uh, where the state of women's hockey is at. Yeah, no, I think I think it's great. I mean, it's one of the fastest growing sports here here in North America, um, and you know, even at, at the youth level, having more teams like you're talking about the Edmonton Female Hockey Alliance, um, which is gonna it's gonna be great. And I mean, in future years to come, hopefully that leads to more um, you know teams and opportunities um, at the U18 level, um, whether it be you know in the elite stream. Um, or, or at the you know different tiers uh, of women's hockey, and and then hopefully that'll fester out into even smaller communities too to be able to grow programs and, and establish uh, all female teams throughout all their levels as well. Brennan Jensen from the Nate Ooks Women's Hockey Programs, our guest on Sports fourteen forty. So, uh, Brennan, what would you say as far as the the conference, uh, your your the level of teams in your conference? Who's your toughest opponent uh, uh, moving forward as the season progresses here? Well, I think um, we'll really see a couple of good tests here these uh, these next two weeks. So, this week we face off against Red Deer, Red Deer Polytechnic, who met us in the finals last year and ultimately prevailed. Uh, they're back to back conference. Um, champions here and then uh, the next week we face off against the the Lakeland wrestlers um, from out in Lloyd and and they have the Vermilion campus too and and they have a really strong program and are are really well coached out there as well. You have to fight those other colleges to get the recruiting I mean I mean you're all going after the same players. 
Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's correct. We're we're all um, going after the same um, the pool of players and, and all at the same tournaments too. Mm-hmm. So at Red Deer this Friday, and then home to Red Deer on Saturday. That's correct. Yeah, six p.m. puck drop uh, at at Nate Arena on uh, Saturday. How have the crowds been? Uh, the crowds have been pretty good. We actually uh, we had open house uh, at Nate, so we had a few extra bodies there uh, in the building when we took mm-hmm. on Olds College, and, and then uh, for our tournament, our blue gold tournament that we hold annually, we we had about seven eight hundred people that attended the tournament, which is great to see um, for the female hockey game. And what kind of uh, fundraising, Brendan, do you have to do to kind of keep this program going? Um, yeah, fundraising is definitely a big part um, uh, of um, being a, a collegiate coach. Um, so we do numerous events. We we uh, have taken some from my junior hockey days. So we, we just had a special jersey auction. So we um, uh, auctioned off jerseys um, for breast cancer awareness. Um, and, and part of the proceeds mm-hmm. uh, went to funding breast cancer research. We also have uh, Make Some Noise for Mental Health Night um, that's, that's coming up, and we have specialty jerseys um, for those as well um, to, again, raise some money for another cause there. Um, we have uh, a few fun things that go on during games, you know, chuck-a-puck fundraisers, mm-hmm. um, different things. We've partnered with Alley Cat the past three years now, and I've also came up with a couple private labels, um, fundraisers um, there, which have been turned out to be really good. And, and a lot of uh, the parents and alumni uh, jump on those as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, good stuff. So uh, thanks for coming on. Good luck this weekend. Uh, and then the weekend after, you got a couple more games as well. So uh, thanks for coming on, uh, Brendan. Appreciate your time. And uh, hopefully the season continues uh, in the successful way it started for you. Yeah, no, thanks. Thanks for having me on, Kevin. All right, that's uh, Brendan Jensen, Nate Ook's women's hockey coach uh, in the community for United Sport and Cycle, where you can save up to 35% off uh, certain items. Uh, United Sport and Cycle for over 95 years uh, in Edmonton. Uh, text coming in to one 401 Well, Shady Bob, this is Shady Bob. Uh, there's no way this guy just said women's hockey is the fastest growing sport in Canada. Well, I think it's probably one of them. I don't know. I mean, do you think pickleball's up there, Shady Bob, or what? I would bet Shady Bob is a pickleball player. I think we got to get into the pickleball, Duke. Are you up for that? I don't. I <laughs> I don't think it's my type of game. There, Of all the different sports I've played over the uh, course of my 28 years, the racket-type ones yeah. have usually veered toward my weakest uh, category of sports. Um, the only one that I had a modicum of success playing, and it was just in a casual manner, was a squash uh, in the U of A squash courts there as a, a free time activity. Hmm. But badminton, terrible. Uh, tennis, <laughs> I've only tried to play it a couple times, terrible. Ping pong, even. Eh, eh, a little mm, so-so depends yeah, how many uh, drinks pops, I've had yeah. mixed in with that one. But, yeah, pickleball. And also, I, I said this when we were talking about um, some racket sports last week. I think it was with Grant that uh, pickleball is not a super rigorous game, but no. still the nature of it, not uh, not great on my knees. I think Shady Bob is a pickleball player. I'd love to hear what Shady Bob has to say or what he thinks uh, well, is the yeah. fastest growing sport or if, uh, if there are some numbers out there to back up that claim that Canada or women, women's hockey can't Come even on. be at least in the conversation. There's no way this guy just said women's hockey is the fastest growing sport in Canada. Come on, Shady Bob. What is then? 
Let us know. Uh, when we come back, top of the hour, Jensen Lewis from Sirius XM Radio, Major League Baseball Network, will uh, check in game number three of the World Series. And then at 1020, Dave Burkett from the Detroit Free Press as uh, Monday Night Football set for this evening. Uh, Detroit taking on the Raiders. Uh, that's coming up at the top of the hour. First, here's a Sports 1440 update with the Duke.